Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's business soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. E-commerce is everywhere. Everyone has an e-commerce site. Today, Doug Levin from Morning Marketing Machine will be joining us to talk about how he started on Amazon and how it has evolved into creating yours, my e-commerce site. This is Passion to Profit right here. So step on up, sit on down to the table because business soup is now served. Doug, welcome to this serving of Business Soup. Thank you so much for having me on. Doug, you're in the business of creating e-commerce sites and training people like myself who have no knowledge, no understanding, and oftentimes no product. But I know that I, too, want an e-commerce site because in the days of lockdown, what better way to make an income but through an e-commerce site? Just what defines an e-commerce site? And then how do I go about saying, all right, beam me up. I want one, too. All it means is that you're selling physical products online. So you're selling some kind of commerce electronically. So that's really all it is. Many different ways. Amazon, obviously, is the big one. But if you wanted to, say, start on your own store, then that's something that I can definitely help out with in terms of um, how to get started with it. Well, before we get into how you help me build the tools, you have the toolbox. I have the distribution here. Amazon, obviously, the elephant in the room, the gorilla, they know everything. And there's ways in which to do business with Amazon and ways in which they won't let you do business. What are some of the things that I need to know if I'm just going to take a product that I already have and I want to put it on Amazon? What are some of those things that I need to know before I do that? There's a few different things. First one is what kind of business model are you going to have? There's a few different types. One is called arbitrage where you're basically just buying something from like a Walmart, a Target, like one of those big box stores and reselling it on Amazon for hopefully a higher price. Okay, I've seen people who go on eBay and other places and they'll buy things and then you suddenly, by coincidence, I see the same product on Amazon. Yep. Okay. So that's probably the arbitrage model. And that means that you actually have no relation at all to the product. You're, you found it somewhere for cheap. The, the definition of what buy low, sell high, right? Um, so that's one model. Another one is called wholesale, where you have an authorized relationship with a brand. So if you had a relationship with a Nike and they were allowing you to sell on Amazon or your own website, then you are now an authorized seller of their products. So you would go and buy usually in bulk uh, from them and then get it shipped to either you or your warehouse, get it prepped and packed, and then shipped into say, Amazon, if you wanted to sell it there. And then uh, the third model is called private label, where you're the brand, you're the one who creates that product. So there's a lot of small businesses out there that they end up creating something. It's what I, I do for the most part now. I've done all three models, but private label, like you're the one who created everything about it. So it could be something as simple as you found a product in China, you want to make a little bit of a change to it, make it your own. And now you're going to create your own brand and you're going to have that product around it. Um, or it could be something where it's like, there's nothing out there that does this. And I want to create something that fulfills this need. All right. Well, let me give an example of my, my audience. If you guys remember about the e-bikes came on and, he, and our guest discovered that there was this great opportunity in China for electric bikes. 
And so he bought in volume container loads of the parts to convert existing bicycles into e-bikes. Has made a tremendous business. In fact, he's the number one e-bike conversion kit in the country. And he saw this opportunity, and now he is selling through Amazon and through his own website, the e-bike. So you can find a product anywhere in the world, buy it in bulk, have it shipped over here, and then as you described, you can have either have it boxed and shipped to Amazon yourself or, as you're talking about, private label it. We now have this, and I'm putting my own sticker, my own label, I'm private labeling it. Now what? Now you figured out which model you're going to have, whether it's arbitrage, wholesale, private label. Other thing you got to make sure you understand is how are you going to fulfill the orders? So there's two different ways, if you're talking about Amazon specifically, where you can fulfill it. So there's one which is called Merchant Fulfilled, which is where whenever a customer will buy from Amazon, you have to go and you have to ship it to the customer. A lot of it is also you dealing with the customer service issues as well. Um, The plus side is you're going to make more money off of it. The downside is that Uh, you have a lot more to deal with. Uh, So you have to go fulfill it every time somebody orders from you. Um, If there's returns, uh, customer service issues, um, you have to handle that. Um, But you get a bigger cut from Amazon. So that's one model in terms of fulfilling. The other one is called fulfillment by Amazon, where you ship all of the inventory into Amazon and they handle the customer service, the fulfillment for you. So if you had, say, 100 units of a product that you put into a bunch of boxes, either say at your house, at a warehouse, wherever it is that you have the inventory and you pack it all up and you ship it, ship in those hundred units to Amazon once you're done. At that point, uh, Amazon will take it, they'll separate it. And then when a customer on amazon.com buys, uh, they're going to ship out one unit or however many were bought to that customer, they're supposed to handle the customer service side, they handle returns, and they also take a bigger cut because of it, but it's also easier to scale. So you don't have to deal with the shipping side of it anymore. A lot of times the other added bonus is if you're an Amazon customer, you probably have prime shipping. A lot of FBA orders are eligible for prime shipping, whereas Merchant Fulfilled, you have to do other things which are not always available in order to get prime shipping. All right, well, let's back up for a moment. You use the acronym FBA. And for those who don't know what that means, what is that? So that's called Fulfilled by Amazon. So there's uh, Merchant Fulfilled or MF, as some people call it, and, uh, and Fulfilled by Amazon or FBA. Going back to plan A, B, and C, Amazon being plan C, and the B you're getting a bigger cut, but you're managing every aspect of the transaction. So that means that the order comes in, you got to box it, tape it, address it, take it to the shipping or whatever, however it is that it goes out. You are involved one-on-one with that product or your company is. And I've seen a lot of people who end up having a kitchen full of stuff and boxes. And then every day, or maybe they're just too busy going to get the kids, they don't get the product out on time. That's going to reflect on your image and your rating. And is it worth sacrificing that if you don't have a professional fulfillment within your kitchen or garage, you get a bigger piece, but you also have more in of a time commitment to make sure that that order gets packaged and shipped and possibly returned properly. And it's really a value of your time. Plan C, which is FBA, 
fulfilled by Amazon seems to be the most popular, but it is nice to have that feature of being able to return something when it doesn't fit or it's not what you like. And I've used that. It just goes right back out. So there is a lot of value to that. On that plan C, work with Amazon. Do they change the rules on how you send your product to them and you send it to them? Do they change the rules on you midstream before your product goes out? There are always going to be changes with the platform. Uh, I'll tell you that. Like um, even I think Monday, there was an email that went out to all Amazon sellers and they're freaking out now um, in terms of some of the changes. So it's one of the things that you have to understand about it's any platform, any kind of business you're going to do in general. And e-commerce is no different. There is always going to be changes that happen. You have to keep up with it. So Amazon's not just going to go, all right, yeah, you shipped this in. Well, now you're screwed. We're taking it all away. However, they will change things all the time. So you have to keep up with it. Otherwise, yeah, it's going to be really difficult to, to kind of move forward in terms of e-commerce in general. We're talking about Amazon here, and we have Doug Levin, who is an Amazon specialist, and he's been in the e-commerce environment for quite some time, and he has a program that he teaches people how to do this, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But in dealing with Amazon, if they do the fulfillment and they send out the product, they get the order, who gets the customer information? Do you get it as the vendor, the person providing Amazon, or do they get to keep all of that information about your customer that bought your product? So that's the big thing in terms of Amazon is you as a seller, pretty much you mean nothing to them. So uh, they don't give you the customer information. I'm sure there are probably like black hat ways to still get it if people really wanted to. But if you actually want to stay within terms and be on Amazon's good side, it's Amazon's customer. It is not yours. So they've even gone so far recently, uh, I think in the last six months to a year, you used to still be able to actually see who was ordering from you as a, a technically it's called a third party seller. If you're the one who's selling the products on Amazon, they took that away. So now it also makes it difficult if like, say there's an issue with an order and you want to send out a replacement unit to one of the, the people who bought from you, you no longer have the shipping information anymore. So it becomes really difficult to do something like that. So there's no upsell opportunity. You don't know who bought it until they order another one. Yeah, definitely. So that's obviously the big downside in terms of if you're going to sell on Amazon. Obviously, there's others as well, but uh, it's not your customer. It's always going to be Amazon's customer. You're using their platform for good traffic at a cheap cost. So if you've got a product that you can produce with high margins and you can deal with the Amazon method and not worry about upselling to a customer and you can deal in high volume, high margins, then Amazon sounds like a great opportunity. Yeah, it's definitely an amazing place. Like I, I still use it. I'm not saying for everyone that's selling on Amazon, I'm not saying it's, it's awful and get away or anything like that. It's, it's a great platform. I know a lot of people that have been selling on there for a long time and they're routinely doing uh, seven, eight figures uh, in terms of revenue. And I would assume profit because no one ever wants to talk about profit. <laughs> but, uh, 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 but so they're able to make a living off of it. They are living, I hate the word, I hate the term, the laptop lifestyle, but they are able to work from home. If they want to, they're able to work while on vacation and have Amazon deal with all of the logistics, customer service issues, all those kinds of things. It's a great model for that. Um, it, obviously, just the downside, though, is if you ever want to do anything in terms of owning the customer, 
whether you want to like bring new products to market or try and scale a little bit easier, that's not something you're going to get from Amazon. Well, you bring up an interesting point, the, the laptop work environment. I see that. And you say that there are people that are making six and seven figures. To me, that's kind of like the lottery. I know people who know people, but I don't know anybody individually who's ever won the lottery or is doing that seven-figure e-commerce site. I'm going to say it's all about me. I have a small business. I don't have time to sit down and learn all of this. But let's say I have a teenage son that is very well-tuned with either his thumbs or the Internet and playing video games or such. Let's say I want to, as I tell everybody, have your own home-based business. doesn't matter what it is. E-commerce makes a very great opportunity for a home-based business. And heck, then you can run, uh, you can write your Johnny or little Susie off as an employee of the home-based business. So going about creating this opportunity of a home-based business utilizing an e-commerce site how do I decide what products and how am I going to sell them? And why would they buy it from me when they can buy it from anybody else? Ultimately, it comes down to like, first of all, I would say it's something you got to be passionate about or you think you could be passionate about. I know when we created our first brand, it was something that my wife was extremely passionate about because whatever you're going to do, it's going to take up so much of your time moving forward, whether uh, you have everything in place or not. You're going to have to think about new products. There's, there's a lot of things as you get into the weeds where you're going to be dealing with it either on a daily basis or weekly basis. Even when you outsource it to everybody, you're still going to have to deal with stuff. So it's got to be something that you're going to be able to be passionate about. Other thing is you got to like, what, what do they say? Like, like the riches are, are in the niches. I'm sure a lot of people have heard, right? <laughs> um, so, so you got to make sure that you're going to niche down. So like um, I was actually just talking about something like this um, last week. The idea that if you're trying to, this is the marketing side of it. If you're going to have your own website, you can't be all things to all people. You have to have somebody that you're going to talk to. One of the examples I gave is like, I come from a music background. So if I was going to sell something, maybe I, w I would want to target specifically drummers. And I have that background of being a musician and being a drummer. So like I can speak to them and I can know what they want. And everything that I'm going to have in my, like, say, product line going forward is going to be based around that. Honestly, you have to have some of these things in place first, because if you just try and put out a store without knowing much about who your customer is and like what they call it, an avatar, basically, your, who right. you want your ideal customer to be, then it's going to fall flat. Nobody just puts up a website in five seconds without understanding the, the psychology behind who they're trying to attract and, and has any success. So you have to think about these things first before you were to do anything else. All right, let me pick on uh, an industry that I'm familiar with that I came from in the real estate industry. Not much about buying a house you can put on an, an e-commerce site. But there are things that if I'm a real estate broker or agent and I've got a couple of kids or I don't, and I want to create an e-commerce site, I could, through the real estate industry, create relationships with everything from furnishings to lighting to 
irrigation to sprinklers to doormats, anything that is household that I could create an e-commerce site that I can make special opportunities or incentives to the people that I do business with or through the real estate industry and just start off with, as you point out, to pick out something. It, and as my audience knows, it's easier to launch a rowboat than a battleship. Start with something, a singular item, if it's like uh, kitchen mitts or dish towels or something like that. It could be anything. Just start with that. And then what I have found is that as you put these spokes in this wheel, that wheel starts to turn faster and easier as you get more products. So you make a very good point. Pick something and start with that. The next thing is, how do I pick which platform or who am I going to pick to teach me how to build this e-commerce site? Everybody is out there selling and how to build a boat. Well, how about those of us who don't know how to build a boat or build an e-commerce site? Why would I pick Doug's program over all of these other guys that are spending millions of dollars telling me how to build my boat? Ultimately, whenever you're looking at anything in general, I mean, you want to look at this is what I tell everyone in general, like, don't pick me just because it's me. Uh, you want to find somebody that's going to get you information that's going to help you out. So a lot of people have started in a specific position. Like, is there social proof enough in terms of if you're going to say buy from me or from competitor A or competitor B, right? You want to look at all of these other things in terms of what do I bring that's in this? to the table versus anybody else. Like it's it's just like if you're going to bring your e-commerce store onto the platform. You're doing competition with thousands of other brands out there that are selling the same thing. So then it comes down to the idea of like how can I be different? Um so like say if you were working with me, I might say uh, something in terms of like all right, I'll give you an onboarding call. I'll, uh here's some templates that are going to help you get from point A to point B. Um uh we'll do this this and this, right? versus the competition isn't doing this. It's the same way where you want to think about it from from the perspective of, all right, if I'm selling shoes and I'm going to sell against Nike, obviously I wouldn't recommend uh, competing against Nike, but... <laughs> well, let's just pick the top of the, you know, the, you know, we're already talking about competing with Amazon here, so right. you know, let's just double down on that. But if you're going to, then you have to think about the idea of like, what can I do as a small business or um, if you're say like a, a small company that's going to outsource it, what can I do that they can't? So I give them an amazing experience, right? I'm going to be amazing at customer service. I'm going to give them content um, that's going to help them start to learn and get better. And I've got propositions potentially like a unique selling proposition, uh, experience proposition. Like usually there's around five that I recommend having in place um, where all of these things that can help you if you're competing with Nike in this example, you're not trying to be the category king. What you're trying to do is get some sales coming in, start to build like a ravenous fan base around you and your brand because it's not a zero-sum game. You can't, it's not just Nike and everybody else. As long as you pick a niche that there's enough room for, for you to grow and make money because there's enough people that are passionate about that niche, then you can have success. Even if you fail a thousand times at this along the way, you will still eventually have some success with it. In creating this e-commerce site, as we made reference to, start small. And, and once you get a footing in it, the, then you start to grow it. 
what's your advice when someone on this program here says, you know what, I'm going to get my son up off the couch and I'm going to be the entrepreneur and I'm going to kick him across the room and back to his computer and we're going to create this business. What kind of entrepreneur is looking to get involved in e-commerce? I will tell you that anybody that gets into business, specifically in terms of talking about e-commerce, so that, that's where I'm familiar, it's not going to be perfect. Um, it's like any other business. There are ups and downs with it. It really is about persevering more than anything because you're going to make a thousand mistakes along the way. The idea is obviously you want to learn from people that have done it before so you can cut that learning curve and hopefully not make the thousand mistakes that they've made. Oh, amen. Um, <laughs> That's what this program is all about. Yeah. But no matter what you do, um, even even like I've been at this for a little while and I tell everyone I still make 5,000 mistakes a day. It's just part of what being a business owner and entrepreneur is. Um, you, you're not built like other people are. You're, you're built because you want to you want to make a difference. You want to, uh, in a lot of instances, create something from nothing. But if you're doing that, then there's a lot of trial and error that takes place, um, no matter what it is, your your level of experience, anything. So um, yes, you can look to e-commerce that has worked before, but if you still have not done it yourself, uh, you're you're going to still make those mistakes. You're still going to learn from it. Um, just because I tell you to do something um, a certain way, all, like if I was to give you templates about here's what seems to work in general, I only say use that as a baseline, like basically a control. And then you are going to test it on your end and you're going to look at the data and then you're going to make revisions based off of that. Uh, and you may find over time that what you found based off of the template I gave you, you try to do this iteration and then, well, my version actually works way better. So then you'll find that, okay, well, yeah, uh, your template was nice. It was a nice starting point, but I found this works better. But that's only going to come through testing, through basically not giving up when stuff doesn't work immediately because it rarely does. It's the, the one thing that I found in terms of e-commerce is, yeah, it's great when you put something up on Amazon and like a week later you see money in your bank account. But if you're going to do anything on the e-commerce side and actually try and, and, and grow it and scale it, there is going to have to be that hard work. It ultimately is what separates people that succeed from people that fail is that they stick with it. I will tell you, there are times when it's boring. There are times when you just have to keep going and keep iterating. And it, it's just about sticking with it more than anything. Reflecting back, it is a passion. You have to have the right mindset, obviously, to 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 do this. But again, pick a something that you are passionate about. As we were talking off air, as my audience knows, my lifestyle has been horses and cattle. So I'm involved in horse supplements and such. So there's a passion. And you gave me an idea. Okay, so I could take a passion, a piece of the passion, which are supplements that we feed our horses and, and cattle as well. And I could make deals with the providers or those manufacturers, and, and I know many of them, and I could become their e-commerce site through them. I make a deal with them on the wholesale basis. There is a passion that I have. And so I could take this one aspect of my passion and create an e-commerce site. So it's just taking that first step to launch that rowboat, not the battleship. And just pick one thing in that passion. Whatever it is, could be drones, it could be real estate, it could be gardening, it could be anything. Just pick one and start. 
when it comes to creating the e-commerce site, what's the first thing that you need to do? Well, um, obviously, yeah, you, you, do need, you do need to figure out where you're going to send traffic. Uh, I would look at what kind of brand you're going to have as well. I mean, this gets back to like before you even start your domain of, of uh, obviously, we were talking about understanding your niche, understanding potentially who you're going to be marketing to. So I would look at it from that perspective as you're trying to figure out potentially what the brand name would be. And then obviously, if you wanted to, you could trademark the name. You don't have to, but it's good in terms of if things come up. Trademark process usually does take, I think, six to 12 months yes. if you were to do something on, on those lines. If you were to sell on Amazon, there's something that you could do so you can get a lot of the, the good stuff on Amazon if you were to sell there within a few weeks. So I would start with that. Obviously, a domain as well. There's sites like GoDaddy, I think Namecheap, places right. along those lines where you can see if something's even available. If you're looking at it from that perspective, if you're looking at, say, the product side as well, um, because you have, ultimately you got to have something you're going to sell them. So I would look at the content that I was going to provide for them. I would look at the products. And as you were saying, in terms of the wholesale side, that's one way. You can look at drop shipping as another way. So like, even if you don't have the products available or it's something that you're never even going to think about carrying, there are still a lot of ways to get access to those products to sell them. So like you were just talking about the example of, of if you're selling to, to people that were interested in horses, you don't have to have those products at all. You could start to reach out to to different brands for either wholesale, dropship. Sure. Uh, um, there's uh, a thing called PLR, which is private label rights. If you wanted to come up with like eBooks as well, you pay like five or 10 bucks, I want to say, and you have access to that to sell it if you want to. It doesn't add anything onto your cost. Then you can keep adding it in as a bundle or, or sell it as another product as well. Um, or give it away as content. So there's a lot of different things you can do in terms of the product side. But yeah, I, I would look at your content. How do you want to talk to your audience and also look at products, domain, uh, and then uh, trademark if you're going to go that route as well. It's e-commerce, folks. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to create one. It takes someone with the right mindset and the determination. You have to be an entrepreneur. You have to decide, this is what I'm going to do. And instead of just sitting down and going, well, what am I going to do? Do what you're doing already. Whatever your business is right now, what elements within what you're doing now could you cut up into a piece of pie and decide which units you could sell? It's a great opportunity. And if you'd like more information about this opportunity, well, the one place where you can get all opportunities for business, bizsoup.com, B-I-Z-S-O-U-P. Doug, if you were to walk into a, into a bookstore and pick out a book, and you, I, hopefully you'll walk right past the children's section, what book and section would you go to to, to pull one off of the shelf? I always look at business specifically and self-help. Um, I'm looking at what I can do in terms of the the mindset aspects of it so I can become better. Um, so like I might look at, say, like some of the staples, like um, Ultimate Sales Machine in terms of how to run a business in general. And that definitely is applicable to e-commerce as well. I might look at some of the staples like Think and Grow Rich, um, right. look at how, how I can like also level up my mindset because that's going to be a lot of what's needed to really have success for when you're talking about e-commerce specifically. I'll throw a plug out unknowing to Greg Reed, but he wrote a book three feet from gold and it's a bestseller out there. That's a good one. 
don't give up. You're three feet from gold. Just don't quit. And if something doesn't work, change directions. I know in my, in my experience specifically, I, I've had those struggles, right? Like we're, I've asked other uh, e-commerce entrepreneurs, like, when do you give up? Like when I've been frustrated and when I was like wa- basically wanting to give up on something. And like uh, this is one of the responses that's always stuck with me. is like you don't ever give up. You're 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 you only uh, stop when you're successful, like and you were going to move on to something else because you have your you've got your processes, your systems and and you can now outsource it to somebody else to do for you. You don't ever stop until you're to that point. And it was like an eye opener for I know for me, because like if you don't see results, like you're, you're, you're plugging away and you're like, well, how much more can I take? But you really are. It, it gets back to the idea you're saying, like, like it could be that close if you just keep sticking with it. Doug, thanks for joining us on this serving of Business Soup. If you'd like more information about the subject of creating your own e-commerce site, go to BizSoup. Also, learn how to write down your idea, your plan, your people, your execution, and your solution. Those are the five key points of a successful business, whether it's online or the lemonade stand out in front of your house. Always have the five key points. And if you'd like to know more about how to create your own e-commerce site, get the tips, tools, and techniques, BizSoup is where you can get it. And Doug has provided us with those resources as well. Doug, Thanks for being on this serving of Business Soup. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.